Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Brian Goldstein. He's got 1.5 million followers on Instagram, and he's joining the podcast to talk about his startup story, his journey through entrepreneurship, and really some of the awesome, cool stuff he's doing now. All of this and more is on the Good Advice podcast today. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're having a guest on the show today who I'm really excited about. It's actually someone who I haven't had quite someone like this on the show before. We're going to be talking about entrepreneurship. We're going to be talking about running and growing your business. We're going to be talking about the art of giving back. And I think we're going to be talking about some fun guns to shoot and some cool cars to drive. Stay tuned on this episode. It's going to be a good one. Brian Gold is joining me. Excuse me. Brian Goldstein is joining me on the podcast today. And we're going to be talking about all of these things and more. Brian, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me, Blake. Super excited to talk with you today. And uh, you sound just as pumped, my friend. Hey, you know, it's it's always great to have someone on the show with um, you know, the the kind of work that you're doing. Like I said, I mean, we have all sorts of guests on the show. It's always great, it's always fun. But it's nice to have someone different on the show. And you know, looking at the amount of things that you're doing, the varied things that you're doing, um, is is any one day ever the same as another day for you? No, and it all just kind of depends on what's going on at work. Because sometimes I might have a day planned, and my attorney is like, "Oh no, we're dealing with this. You got to show up, and we got to take care of this." Yeah. So yeah. I have lunch planned today after this, and I was my attorney is like, "Nope, you're coming to the office. I, like, I don't <laughs> want to see you. You're expensive." Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so I gave you know my very brief sort of um, you know thirty thousand foot view as to who Brian Goldstein is. Tell me, tell tell the audience, tell me a little bit about you, what you do, what you're passionate about. All righty. So I, I guess at the core of it, I'm a serial entrepreneur that's built several companies over the years, helped a lot of people grow companies over the years, consulted for miscellaneous. Hold on one second. There we go. Um, consulted for miscellaneous companies, helping them find their pitfalls in their company. And I kind of stumbled upon being a social media influencer, which I don't even really like saying, but I just do it for fun. And I kind of use that to show my networking skills of, look, I did this for fun. I don't monetize my Instagram. I pay for all of that out of pocket every month. Yeah. Companies send me stuff, but people don't realize a video crews six to $10,000 a month, range fees, ammo, everything else in between. So all that's just my let out and fun to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm an entrepreneur. And my biggest thing lately is helping other entrepreneurs become successful and avoid pitfalls of legal woes and partnership issues and really showing where they can grow the company. Mm -hmm. Like one of my companies, I'm in the process of exiting and I'm going to sell it to one of my employees and they're asking me to basically mentor them through it. I was like, look, I'll sell it to you for half of what I'm selling it to everybody else for just because I want to see you be successful. 
and I'll be there to mentor you for six months for free, all part of the price. Mm-hmm. And I've helped a lot of other people go from nothing to several million dollars in the bank. And it's just really honing in focus. It's not like I'm teaching you anything special. It's just looking at things that most people overlook or forget that it's so simple that they even forget to mention it. Yeah. I was on a call with someone this morning and we were talking about a business concept and they were like, is this supposed to be this easy? And I was like, I mean, I feel like it's intuitive. And yet, I mean, is it, is it that business just gets complicated? Like, why do we, why do we take such sim- simple concepts and have a hard time actually implementing it? So my opinion is most people talk to too many people and get too many differences of opinions. And my biggest thing is trust your gut. Mm. Like every time I go against my gut, it usually doesn't end well. I'd say nine <laughs> times that. Yeah. And that's in any scenario. So it's not just that, but also keeping a lot of ideas close to the chest because your closest friends are your biggest haters most of the time because you're passing them at a different level. And they're like, oh, you have a million followers. How come I don't? Well, fucking work for it. I'm not here to hold your hand and do it for you. Like I'll point you, but that's not my objection or goal. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a good starting point for our conversation today. You know, on Instagram, you have 1.5 million followers. Uh, YouTube channel, uh, which is great, by the way, um, highly produced, well done uh, video on there. 300,000 subscribers. Um, the journey of becoming an influencer, man. You said you didn't necessarily intend to get into it, but it kind of happened. I'd, I'd love to know more about that story. So, me and a, what was it, 12 friends who were all, call it the 1% club, um, all doing very well off. Before the car scene really got crazy, we were the first ones with 918s, McLarens, Paganis. And we started a car club. And one of the guys in the car club liked to mess with escorts. And we're like, dude, you better wear a cup or one of these girls is going to cut off your dick in your sleep. And it kind of stuck. And we started calling ourselves Cup Gang. And then we're like, well, we can't tell the real story. So what's Cup Gang really mean? Why are all of us together? And it stands for Cars Unite People. And that's how I've met a lot of my closest friends over the years. And we started this brand and we built it up pretty big, pretty quick. But then with 13 A-type personalities, one percenters, it just didn't end well. So uh, I kind of threw the company on the back burner. We all kind of parted ways. We Some of us still talk, but that's what really leapfrogged all of us into social media because we were networking off of one another. I would promote you, you would promote me, and we would promote the one love of the company. And every Sunday, like clockwork, we'd be up at 7 a.m. at all the car meets, driving around, going to lunch with fans, so on and so forth, and doing the coolest stuff that nobody was doing back then. Obviously, (laughs) since we've exited, there's DDE, there's Parker, there's all these other guys doing it, but that was our main claim to fame. And that's how I really grew the social media. And it wasn't buying stuff, it was just networking with people and I still use it to network, you know, look, that's how we're meeting is because of social media, because of David and everything else. And I look at social media, not as entertainment, just for before you couldn't message Bill Gates and pray for a response. Now you can message anybody you want. And if the pitch is good enough, they might answer. And it's a higher probability than you're sending a random email. They kind of wild. Face. They see Sorry. what you're about and all of that. It's kind of wild like that. You know, it was like the expression of like the six degrees of separation. Like, you know, somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And now social media, I think you're right. It's like the the path towards that person is so much shorter now. 
Um, and there's a lot of conversation on social media in general. You know, is it is it good for society? Is it not good for society? Do you worry about any of that kind of stuff, or you just you know get on and post or? With my wife, she gets very in her head about, oh, I don't know if this is good enough to post or that's good enough to post or I don't post my real life. Everything on social media is staged in one way or another. So it's an event I'm going to. Okay. Nobody knows where I live. Nobody knows what my license plates are. I keep my personal life very private and I just use social media for entertainment and networking. That's all I use it for. But a lot of people today are judging and being like, oh, FOMO, fear of missing out on this trip or these clothes or that. Like, dude, I wear a basic t-shirt every day and a pair of <laughs> shorts sure. and I don't really care what people think about me. Either you love me or you hate me. I'm not here to make be your friend. If you want to be my friend, I'm all for it, but I'm not here to really kiss anybody's butt or contour to a certain mold. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's tough? It's tougher today, like with social media to start a business compared to because here's what I'm what I'm getting at is a lot of times I talk to business owners who they're on social media and they're in that, they're in their head when it comes to like comparison. I think it was before we hit the record button, but you know, gurus who were online who were talking about, you know, just do this one thing and pay me ten thousand dollars, by the way. Um, it feels like there's a lot of opportunity for mistake using social media the wrong way, especially as a new business owner, what's your take on that? I think Dan Fleischman says it best, how to build your own brand. And he's created this amazing book. I think he, most of the time he gives it away, but really using your social media presence to build the brand, to then build the business and really dedicate that path flow. And he out, outlines it very clearly in a, such a simple way. Like, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I'd much rather promote Dan's book just because he's done so well on it. And then from there, once you've gotten that, then seeking the right mentor and interviewing a couple mentors and seeing which one best fits you and seeing which one will work with you for two weeks for free, 20 minutes a week, Mm -hmm. and just seeing who's going to volunteer their time to really help you grow and want to invest in you and feel each other out to see if you guys are really a good fit. I don't want to collect 10 grand from someone and be like, oh, we're not a good fit, and then have to give you the money back or have that weird awkwardness of, oh, Blake, you paid me 10 grand and you don't like me now. I don't ever want that. So the money's cool, but I'd much rather sell a solid product that I'm giving something for free technically and making it back on the back end. Mm -hmm. And that's what one of my mentors always said. You can get rich by giving stuff away for free. You just have to give away the right thing. Yeah. And Brian, before we hit record, you were, I was asking you, Hey, what do you want to talk about? What are you passionate about? And you said, I want to, I love helping people. I'm looking for ways to help more people. Um, I'd love to to park there for a second. You know, the, the mentorship model gets so confusing on social media today where, um, you know, and I, you mentioned you've thrown money out there and it's been a total, like, you know, burning hole in your wallet. My first month of my business, I paid someone basically 15 grand to help me with my business. And it was a bad fit from the get-go, really burned me. Um, But these kinds of stories are really common where you know, we we all like to talk about giving back and helping people, but you're actually, you know, putting your money where your mouth is or, or or creating the action from that by being willing to help someone up front, you know, being willing to uh, mentor someone. And give people advice, especially new business owners. How have you developed that approach? I mean, like, why do you approach business that way as opposed to all these other people who, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, money up front. 
I guess I've done well for myself over the years and all of us have our good years, our bad years. And you kind of, when you have, when you're at the top, you know, you find a lot of people wanting to be your friend. And when your business takes a dip, nobody wants to be there to help you. And they're like, oh, but you did so well before you can figure it out. And I know the struggles of being top bottom, you know, all, all along the roller coaster. And at the bottom, nobody wanted to help me. I remember when I needed a line of credit, my business was growing. I went to 15 different banks. They all said, fly a kite. It's like, all right, now I got to figure out how to get to that next level. Can I leverage credit cards? Can I do this? Can I do that? And really figuring out on my own. And nobody was there. Like I didn't have an extra $5,000 back then to go to a mentor and say, hey, can you help me with this? And I know the position a lot of these people are in. So if I'm able to help someone for free, and you know they come back to me a couple months later and be like, look, your advice really helped. Uh, my company's really grown. I want to hire you for $10,000, $15,000 a month. I want you to fly out here, review everything. Then I'm open to it. Um, but I don't want to expect anything up front. I want to give without expecting and really help those people out of the kindness of my heart and really see people flourish and grow. It almost feels like a habit you have to really fine tune and develop, right? Because a lot of times, especially like in the sales world, it's and, and a lot of sales bosses are trying to press this on their sales associates. Um, it's how do you sell them as quickly as possible, regardless of their story, regardless of maybe even what they might even need. You know, you're talking about the long game, uh, or at least being patient in the relationship of you know I'm willing for us to part ways without you spending a dollar on me, knowing that you'll be back two three months from now. Exactly, and I do a lot of favors just in general helping people. And my wife's always like, why are you going to help that person? Because I want to, and it might pay me back later, or maybe later on down the line, I think of something that I might need help from that person. And it's just kind of like that light bulb turns on with people. Oh, I remember Brian talking about this. Let me connect them. And I connect people all day long, every day, no charge, supporting friends, businesses, helping friends out. And really helping point people in the right direction to really make sure they succeed and they don't make silly mistakes. A friend called me last night and he's like, hey, would you loan one of our friends 25 grand for a title to their car? I don't mix business with friends. If I got to repo your car, dude, it's not <laughs> a good day. And I told, he's one of my best friends. And I was like, look, don't loan money to that person. Like you don't want to be involved on that level. Like I understand you want to help them and you're going to make a couple bucks, but that couple bucks isn't worth what's going to happen. Is it, is it tough? Like being in the, the position of financial security that you're in uh, the level of influence that you're in, is it, is it hard to wade through authentic relationships? Like people who are authentically developing relationships with you versus maybe they're even playing the long game of, you know, I can call on Brian when I need something. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I've cut a lot of people out in my life. And when I got with my wife, we both kind of like started seeing things about people trying to bring our bring our relationship down that we had to cut out over the year of the first year being together, even the first couple months. And it's just crazy. Like the people closest to you talk so much shit, or you did a business deal with them, and then you're in a litigation, and you find out they're stabbing you in the back, making up all these lies. And it's like, look. Being at the top of your game is one thing, but nobody realizes the legal woes that come with a lot of it. And a lot of friends can burn you in a legal argument just because you might say something that you shouldn't have said and they'll hold it over your head or whatever it might be. So there's certain things I keep very close to my chest. Even when talking with potential clients, I'm like, look, I don't want to know that. Like there's certain things you just need to keep to yourself. Like 
in the process of selling one of my companies, the uh, buyer was like, hey, can your employees run these reports for me? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm the only person that knows how to run these reports. People don't need to see what the actual finances are. Yeah, they can see the daily sales, but they don't need to see the bottom end and everything else in between people's salaries. And he's like, oh, I didn't realize you did it that way. I'm like, well, yeah. Like, why would you want to invade other people's privacy at that level? Mm-hmm. So with with you know the mental game and and I don't know how exhausting it is or if it even is exhausting of like navigating those kinds of relationships what's your your go to habit around staying positive staying I know you're also a um creative filmmaker like what gets the creative juices going so that you can show up every day and all this other stuff doesn't doesn't dry you out or weigh you down so when I'm put on the creative hat for that day or that couple hours, it really allows me to disconnect from everything, which is why I enjoy it so much and really focus on the task at hand and figure out, okay, like this week, I know I'm going to film on Wednesday. I know where I'm filming. I have no clue what I'm filming. (laughs) And it's, you know, today's Tuesday, so I got to figure it out and I'll probably figure it out by nine o'clock tonight. (laughs) And it's just one of those things that helps me disconnect from the lawsuits, disconnect from business, the family, and really just give me that me time to focus. And that's why I've always loved riding motorcycles, because when you're riding them, you have to be in the moment. Otherwise, you're going to be in the back of someone's bumper or off the cliff. Same thing with racing through Mexico. Like You have to find the outlet that works best for you to truly disconnect your mind from everything else. Mm -hmm. It it makes sense for sure. And it is that something that comes naturally to you or have you had to sort of curate and steward that over time? So for years, I've had anger management issues and only up until the last couple of years, I've really been able to hone in and dial it. And through therapists, mentors, all of that stuff, I've really worked on helping myself and don't get me wrong. I still snap every now and then, but it takes a lot more to get me to that breaking point of working through it. And because of my childhood, because of how I grew up, I had a lot of resentment for a lot of things. And now I'm realizing, hey, just turn that negative into a positive, give back, be happy, look at the bright side and stop looking at the negative and always having that motivation for yourself of you are great, you are smart, you are successful and really truly believing it and having notes around the house that remind you of it. And as stupid as that may seem, just reading that once a day really helps you you know, find that balance and find your goals. And I just had a daughter nine, 10 weeks ago. So that, you know, also changes your look on a lot of things of, Hey, I have this life that I need to preserve and create and grow. And now I have a new responsibility. So that extra free time I did have at night is no longer free time right. you know, with the baby, getting the baby down, you know, bathing or whatever it might be. And, you know, obviously the baby only wants mommy, but I try and help her where I can or give her a little relief. Yeah. Yeah. I had a kid, uh, 18 months ago and it's, it is, <laughs> it's different. <laughs> Putting how, it lightly. how has it progressed from newborn stage to now almost toddler stage? Man, man, I love being a dad and here's what I've learned. And I, I think you probably have a similar, uh, experience with this is it just depends who you ask, right? Like you'll talk to some people, like I talked to a guy and he was like, we have a second one on the way. And he was like, whatever happens, don't have the second kid. Like and didn't know we had the second one on the way, <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's not really helpful. And then someone else like overheard it and was like, "Do you hate your kids?" Like, I, I love being a dad of two kids, and so you know, I just I try not to like get in the weeds of like, 
you know, is my life over? What does this mean for me? I'm just like, this is just the progression of life. And I will say for me personally, it's been beautiful. It's been amazing. And uh, it's been a huge blessing. So I think you're on a great journey. I mean, it's tough. And I think I would be curious for you, like balancing that with like, um, just like entrepreneurial activities, running a business. For me personally, it's been really hard. Uh, but I also don't have like the the full agenda like you do. I mean, I think I have like 200 followers on Instagram. So my it's, days are probably not as quite busy as yours. Yeah, it's definitely hard. I've been working from home pretty much the last nine weeks, but I'll leave for four or five hours thinking it's only going to be four or five hours. <laughs> Turns into eight or nine. And my wife's like, uh, what happened to four or five hours? Yeah, help. You don't want to hire help, but where are you? I'm like, well, I want to raise my own child, but sorry, I got to work right now. Yeah. And it's a weird dynamic of like, okay, I want, I I'm, I'm building something meaningful that I, I want to put my stamp on like 20 years from now, say, wow, I built that. And especially in, in what you're doing, I mean, beyond just the brand of, of your business, also helping people like the legacy of that. And then this other side of being like a present person in the house, like that tension, I think is hard for many of us um, as on, entrepreneurs who are aspirational, we want to make it happen. But um, still though, congratulations. I mean, I think it's, it's great to have a girl, I think. Oh yeah. And you know, it's just, it's definitely eye opening, and, you know, I'm happy with the way the birth went and everything. We did it at home, peaceful. Um, it's, you know, especially with today's times, I don't want to be stuck in a hospital. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, ours was born. And then literally the next day, the hospital like shut down because of COVID. And we were like, we, we had just watched bird box too, like two weeks earlier. And I was like, is this happening? Like what's going on? But um, I want to get back to a comment you made uh, a few minutes ago. You were you were mentioning sort of your own personal development journey, um, some resentment in your childhood, and what stood out to me when you were first talking about giving back, I thought, wow, this seems like a really generous person. And I mentioned it even in the introduction of the podcast. I said we're going to talk about the art of generosity. You know, it's this concept of I'm going to give even even without expecting you to give back to me. And when you started talking about that, I wondered, like, did this come from a parent? Did you have like an amazing childhood? And it's like, I just want to like share that with everyone now. But it sounds like childhood wasn't the best in the world. And now you've sort of made it your personal mission to um, bring a lot of good to the world. I don't know if that's an accurate, you know, I don't want to, you know. No, no, no. So my childhood was, my parents were well off. They bought me whatever I want. But that whatever I wanted didn't fill the void of a hug, a kiss the alcohol abuse, the drug abuse that I grew up with, the physical abuse that I grew up with. And up until I was old enough to really defend myself physically, you know, 12, you're kind of like a big enough person where an average size adult, you can slow down physically. And that's a fucked up thing to say as a child. Like, look, I had to defend myself against my own parents and deal with stuff that, you know, in today's times, CPS is called because CP Child Protective Services was called when I was a child and they did nothing for me. Uh, they left me in the home. They're like, oh, you're from a good home. You're from this, you're from that. I'm like, bro, uh, this is pain. And yeah. eventually the school district I was in had a weekly therapist and they started pulling me out for one period a day and said, hey, go see this therapist every Thursday. And that's when I kind of really realized I have some issues I need to deal with. And it's been a never-ending journey since the time I can remember to now of working through all of that and really 
honing it in. And I feel like that's the reason why I want to give back because I was given whatever I wanted, but not the things I needed. And people today aren't given the things they're needed in business. And I want to give that back in any way I can. Um, I don't really want to deal with child abuse or any of that stuff and go help that, unfortunately, just because it's such a trigger for me. Sure. I don't want to relive it. Yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you sharing. And it you the comment you just made about giving people what they need, not necessarily what they want. I think it ties in well to many of us who were, 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 were trying to run a business, trying to grow a business. And I was on a phone call with someone the other day who was talking about he, he was bummed because he lost a sale because eventually in their conversation, he said, hey, what your business needs is not me. It's actually, this is what you need. And he was like, yeah, I lost the sale. I'm kind of bummed about it. And I said, well, maybe you didn't lose the sale. I mean, maybe like Maybe it'll come back around. Maybe it's like a that sense of goodwill will pay off long term. But your comment sort of ties us back to what we were talking about earlier of like the patience of like what generosity does for us long term, how it actually helps people, and how it can actually do more for our brand than you know whatever slimy sales tactic that you know a lot of people are, are pushing today. Exactly, and I want I don't want to be known as the guy that's selling you this or selling you that. I want to be known as the guy that's fun. You know, the one that helps, he's there when he needs you. Um, and even like I call a lot of friends that I haven't heard from in a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, yo, what's going on? Everything good with you? Yeah, everything's great. You know, I've been meaning to reach out. I was like, all right, no problem. Just want to make sure you're good, you know, checking in on you and so on and so forth. And it's just those little things of giving back in little ways and really checking on people or, you know, you're in line at Target and you notice the family in front of you might not be able to afford something or they're counting the pennies literally. I'll just look at the cashier and just be like, yo, just put that on my tab. Don't worry about it. And it's helping where you can. And I don't know that person's name. I hi bye and you know, have a good day. Yeah. It's just the little things along the way. Well, in today's social media culture, I mean, a lot of people will they'll pay for that and then they'll like snap the selfie, you know, just yeah, pay for, you know, like stuff like that. That gets real obnoxious. And I'm as you can see from my social media or anyone that follows me, I'm not big on the stories or the snapping, like, yeah, if I'm at a car event or something kind of cool, I'll snap it. But me giving back, I'm never going to take advantage of that or put the person that I'm helping feel awkward in any way. Like it's hard enough for people to ask for help. I don't want them to feel weird and be like, oh, let me take that selfie of me helping. (laughs) Yeah. You're good. There's nothing to talk about. If you want to tell people I'm your mentor, go for it. If you don't, I'm not talking to anybody about it. It is what it is. Is it, is it like as a I mean, we would definitely call you an influencer. I mean, looking at your follower numbers, they're pretty incredible. Is there like this, this, I mean, do influencers ever get together and talk about like what influencers are doing or like what we think about social media or like what, what does some of that so like, crosstalk I, look like? I took a turn from the car community just because I wasn't really happy with the crosstalk and I'm really into the gun scene these days. And when you're playing with guns, there's no bullshit. <laughs> and kind of goes without saying. Um, And it's interesting to talk to those people and see how, you know, we're being limited on social media on certain things. And even though I'm very pro-gun, very second amendment, I don't get political. I don't, you know, tote, I'm a Democrat, Republican, liberal, any of that. I keep it very neutral. And a lot of these guys are like, well, I want to be proud of that. I'm a Republican. Go for it. 
what are you sure you want to risk your social media account that you've spent all this time building up? I don't, and I'm not making any money on it. You're actually living off of this. So what do you want to do? And it's just kind of funny on that aspect of hearing these conversations at the, a lot of the events I go to, because I'm probably at influencer only events once a month, depending on the part of the country. And it's just interesting to see how certain people interact with certain things. Yeah. And there's definitely a, a lot of issues going on today that can be top of mind for conversations. Um, as we're running towards the end of this podcast episode, I'm curious, like what's what's next for you? Are you continuing to drill in on the gun scene? Or I mean, wh- where's your entrepreneurial aspirations taking you? Uh, so right now I'm trying to develop an app with one of my friends. Can't really divulge it yet until everything's in place, but it's a lot of back work, a lot of planning, a lot of researching other people's products to make our product better. And I may be staring at eBay during the day, but really that's me just resetting my mind to figure out how to fix this link of, I need a, this app working this way. And what am I doing wrong? And just playing on certain things, or I might just I've limited my social media to an hour and 10 minutes a day is what I average, wow. which everybody's like for a pager size, how do you, you do that? Well, it's called hire people and <laughs> delegate. I don't yeah. need to it's like DMs I deal with, but I deal with that within the hour a day. And that's what I allocate to answering people's questions. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. And is is the Instagram and the YouTube the best places to send people? Yeah. So Brian Gold PhD for Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. Um, you can message me on any three of those platforms. Instagram's probably the easiest to message me on because uh, my assistants check that regularly and flag the messages for me and let me know what I need to respond to. Or you can always email me at support at BrianGoldPhD.com. Great. Brian, it's been so great having the show today. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, for everyone else, I'm going to put the link to his Instagram, his YouTube, and his TikTok. Again, it's Brian Gold, PhD. It's down in the episode description below. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, you've been, you've been following the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And you can keep following our weekly updates to the podcast, and you can continue to hear great guests like Brian join the show. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, you want to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash goodadvice. Uh, for as little as a cup of coffee, for the cost of a cup of coffee, you can support the, the podcast. Again, that's at our Patreon, patreon.com slash goodadvice. Hey, we appreciate you and we wish you well. That's today's good advice. See ya.